This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Yes, indeed. Good Saturday morning. Semper Fi. Welcome into the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. I'm Christian Garrick. Good to be back with you and good to be back with Herb Tyler, former LSU quarterback, as LSU takes on Ole Miss tonight to take on an opportunity to finish the season at 500. Normally, that would not be the standard for the LSU Tigers, but considering a COVID-19 season that has just sent the college football season or the world on its ear it's kind of understandable. In particular, we'll break down the matchup with Ole Miss tonight uh, at 2.30, kickoff right here on WWL, should say this afternoon. LSU did well on the early signing period of uh, the recruiting season. We'll catch up with Jimmy Smith of TigerDetails.com momentarily to break down how LSU fared on the recruiting trail on National Signing Day. But Herb's going to be back with you. LSU trying to get to 500, and I know normally that's not a acceptable standard, but COVID-19, the young team that was, that is, for the LSU Tigers, losing Miles Brennan in the offs, or in the uh, regular season, several guys opting out, including Jacoby Stevens, the latest. Um, this is a team that is kind of taking on their growing pains, as we talked about they would early before the season started. K-Dog, it's great to hear your voice. It's great to be back on with you, man. Um, it, this, this season has just been really, really nuts, as we all know, right? It's COVID 2020, with all of the, the social, you know, injustice stuff going on, um, it's just been really, really weird. And, and to top that, you had the greatest team in history, right, the 2019 LSU Tigers, become almost uh, the worst team <laughs> to ever become, a, a, I guess, or be a champion, then go down to the very worst record that you can have uh, not win, uh, not having a winning season. But, you know, through it all, through, what, maybe 18 opt-outs, if you will, I think, this season alone, um, then that's not counting the guys that didn't come back or, or the guys that graduated or the guys who came out early last year from the 2019 team. Um, it's just been really crazy. It's been a, a, a slew of freshmen that Coach O has had to put in the game. You got a new offensive coordinator, uh, technically, uh, or let's call it his past game offensive coordinator, in um, Scott Linehan, and then you also have a new defensive coordinator in Bo Pelini, and this is what you get, right? You have to, you, you kind of have to start all over again with all of this stuff that's going on, plus the things behind the scenes on campus. Uh, it's just a lot of different things that's happened. But LSU pulled out a stunning victory last week against Florida, who nobody gave them a chance except for yours truly, of course, in the Tiger Nation. Um, at that point, now they have an opportunity to become five and five at five hundred 
on the season, which could at least catapult them into doing something really positive into the off season and moving forward. Herb, one thing I noticed about the LSU recruiting class, number three in the country, a couple things that stand out. National championships matter. Uh, recruits are confident in the bounce back, and Coach O and company can still recruit despite their lackluster season. They're going to always recruit. It's LSU. The recruiters, uh, the recruits come in, and they see the facilities. They know what's going on with the with the people in the facilities as well. Plus, um, you, I mean, you, you just literally you're coming off of a, a, a tremendous season last season. Um, even though this season has been not as successful, I'll say. <laughs> and um, you know, but the guys still trust Coach O. They trust all of the other coaches. Um, they trust that 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 they can come in and make a difference, and they can put LSU right back to where they were last year. I don't, I don't see them not being able to do that. And then once again, like I said, it's the facilities that really makes a difference with these guys. Um, and then the opportunity that you get to, to walk out of that tunnel, you know, underneath that, that, that goalpost, you know, with, with, with the greatest fan base in the, in, the, in the world in one of the greatest stadiums in the world. So it's really kind of hard to beat at the end of the day, especially when these guys have actually committed, you know, months on end now. Um, and and they they really they, you know they're, they're staying true to it. And that's one thing that Coach O is going to be able to do is make people feel comfortable and to be able to recruit the the right guys in the system that he wants to have them in. Herb, you know me for a while. This is our third year doing the show together. Yeah, and and you know I've certainly I want to pull for LSU and I root for their success. Yes, what sir. they've dealt with off the field this off season uh, or this season with the Title IX violations, et cetera, Verge Osbury of the athletic department stepping down, resigning earlier this week. I want to ask you your take on this. If, if Coach O had not won a national championship and, and, and led the team uh, that many think is the best of ever to ever play college football, do you think if he had not come off that season, had he not been coming off a national championship season, a record-setting season, do you think he would have faced more heat? Um, I think, you know, it's kind of hard to say. Um, I, I think he, it depends on what his role was in all the situations that's happening with the title nine. Now let's make sure we make a, a correction that Verge did not step down from his, um, executive deputy AD position. He stepped down from the committee that selects the next president. Correct. Thank you. And he did, and he did that on his own, that it was no forcing or anything like that. So, um, with that being said, you know, it's, it's weird because, you would, it, 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 I guess you just have to see it for what it is. Uh, Coach O won the national championship in the way that he won it, and won all of this different, you know, all of the, the every trophy, every accolade you can get. He won it as a coach last year, but we just don't really know what his his you know his stance was was or what his position was with all this Title IX stuff. We don't know where he was because you you don't really even in, I think in the USA today report that it didn't really go into details with coach Oak. Um, just the, just the, you know, the, the people behind the scenes or in the, in the, in the, you know, in the, in the athletic building, if you will. So um, we don't, I don't know. I can't say that he would have gotten more heat, but what I will say though, is I think that LSU at this present moment has made the right decision to bring in outside counseling, outside counseling to be able to do the investigation and figure out what's going on. And I think the right situation or the right decisions are going to be made at the end of the day. And I think it's going to make it right for everybody who's involved, all of the victims or alleged victims, shall I say, whatever it is. I don't really know exactly what it is, but I think LSU is going to make it right for everyone. 
Herb, I think you hit the nail on the head in terms of the outside counsel that's coming in to do the investigation. I think a lot of people would have had some questions had they just done an internal investigation and then, um, you know, found their own conclusion. Because I think people would say, ah, it's easy to have a little uh, nepotism, a little, um, you know, cover up mm-hmm. kind of deal. And I think that it does provide a little bit more transparency. I'll answer the question, Herb. I think that had uh, Coach O not won a national championship, I think certainly the outcry from the media and the fan base would have been much, much Higher and look, I'm not trying to marginalize or minimalize the Title IX whatsoever. That is a, a significant deal when you talk about players that were uh, physically abusive to women, potentially allegedly, uh, along with uh, sexually abusive as well. I think that's something that you got to take very, very seriously. And it is a question, Herb, as to just how much Coach O knew. Now, and then, then it becomes how much should Coach O have should have known. Right, as the head coach of the LSU Tigers, I know that um, in a lot of ways, you know, when you're the head coach of a football team, in particular, you take, for example, Nick Saban. Nick Saban knows everything that goes on in that, Al- in that, in that Alabama uh, program, every little ounce, every little thing. Now, Coach O, in the way that he coaches, it's different. He has a much more delegative uh, approach where he kind of just delegates things out to different sources within his program. So he might not necessarily know everything that's gone on in his football program. However, Herb, I got to tell you, if he didn't know, he should know more. That's just me being honest. As a head football coach, you should know exactly what's going on in your football program, in particular with your football players. So we'll find out. Uh, and they had their self-imposed uh, postseason ban uh, based on this uh, investigation that's coming out about Title IX. We'll see as it unfolds. In the meantime, we will get to LSU and Ole Miss today. A chance for LSU to get to 500 on the season. They recruited well. A big win last week over Florida on a field goal, big 57-yard field goal uh, towards the end of regulation. That was gigantic for the LSU Tigers, upsetting a top-10-ranked opponent. And I think a feather in a cap. And if I think, uh, Herb, if I would say – a turning point for this LSU young LSU football team. It was that win over Florida last week. Something that you know a little bit about as a true freshman quarterback, like Max Johnson did, pulling off the upset. You did the same thing over Florida as a freshman as well. Well, I, you know, t- technically I wasn't a freshman. However, but they were number one ranked, you know, team in the country. So and I know the, the magnitude and the significance of this particular game. As a freshman, though, to be able to go in the swamp and do that. Uh, you know, it, it's it's and, and let me tell you something. I know they say it officially that they allowed seventeen thousand people in those stands, but literally that was in my mind. It looked like fifty thousand people in the stands. The way that I've been watching this, uh, uh, the Florida Gators, um, their home games, they seem like they just have way more people than than what they're saying. But it, it was difficult. It was tough. He's not played, uh, you know, started a game yet this season, and you put him in at the very, very most important time when you need a win more than anything else. Now, Max did play a little bit before or during the season as the season progressed. Um, The one thing I thought that Max did very well personally, in my opinion, was he was able to see the field. He was able to pick up the blitzes and put the ball where it needed to be. And then the, 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 the game and the time and the lights never got too bright for him. It was never too big for him. It was never too much for him. Um, he was able to throw all of the different passes. He could he could gun it in there when he needs to gun it in there. That, that The first touchdown pass in the back of the end zone was a beautiful touch pass to um, to the receiver. I thought that was a great play by him. Um, that's something that we we you know that I look forward to in a quarterback. What can you make the throws? And I mean the throws. I don't mean can you make the most difficult throws as far as uh, depth down the field or 
you know, just throwing bullets in there everywhere you can. It's can you make the soft touch throws to the running backs, to the tight ends, to the receivers when they're coming across the field. Um, that that makes it easier for those guys that are running those routes. Um, and then also the other thing I will say too, at the end of the day, you know, it was great seeing Chris Curry step in there once uh, Ty Davis Price and John Emery uh, was was injured, and uh, and he was able to get some playing time. And to go to another thing too, uh, Christian, I might be going a little bit ahead of myself, but the offensive line played the I thought they played the best game they played all year long. Sure did, and that was key for the win this past Saturday against Florida because every other game, you know, it was, they probably played two other really great games like so, but they just couldn't put it together at the right time. So against this Florida team, they really did a phenomenal job of coming together. And then obviously all of the freshmen everywhere else on the field, right, uh, playing in the defensive backfield, which was crazy, but all of them were making plays. Uh, all of them, you know, made made some mistakes, but – they never gave up. They continue to press on. And I'm very, very proud of this team and these young men that are out there playing this football. It is LSU game day. We want to hear from you on our whodatlending.com talking text lines at 504-260-1870. We are just getting started here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick here on the home of the Tigers, WWL. Back here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show, I'm Christian Garrick with Herb Tyler, former LSU quarterback, LSU Taking on Ole Miss this afternoon, trying to get to 500. We welcome in now Jimmy Smith of TigerDetails.com. And Jimmy, how are you? I'm doing well, brother. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, so a little camping trip with the fam, man? Man, I, look, in 35-degree weather, I, I committed to it before the weather outlook came out. Um, you know, almost pulled out and went. And uh, I'm telling you, I woke up blue lips. Feet frozen cold. Like it, it was a brutal night, but uh, it was a good time with the family. Kids love it. So, yeah, you, you have to sacrifice sometimes. Sounds good. LSU trying to get to 500, Jimmy, against Ole Miss. We'll get to that in a minute. But, man, this subpar season has not affected LSU on the recruiting trail. Coach O and company turning in another solid class on early signing day. Yeah, and, and to be honest, I've never seen anything like it. You know, usually your top three, top five type recruiting classes are filled with teams that had great years, you know, um, to see LSU sitting in our rankings at number three with a losing record is just remarkable. And it kind of goes to show the recruiting pr- prowess of, of Ed Orgeron and his staff uh, to be able to pull that off. Of course, they had some momentum coming into the cycle, coming off the national championship, but the wheels kind of fell off this year. There's been so many issues off the field and on the field that Orgeron's had to answer to, and, and they've taken a beating publicly, and yet he was still able to somehow convince 20 of the nation's top prospects to sign and play their college ball in Baton Rouge. So, uh, you know, a remarkable job by that group for sure. Jimmy, out of those 20 guys that you're talking about, who you think is the most important signee out of all that group that LSU had this past Wednesday? <sighs> you know, LSU has a ton of skill players, and that's never been their issue. So anytime that question is asked, always wanted to go to the trenches or the quarterback position. I think Garrett Nussmeyer, the quarterback, is probably hands down the most important, right? The only signee in the class. Um, you know, you've got to kind of build that, that group and let them develop over time. So that was really important, getting a guy of his caliber, one of the top quarterbacks in the country on board. Outside of that, 
probably have to be Mason Smith from Terrebonne. I mean, he's our number one rated player in the, in the entire country. Uh, massive athletic defensive tackle. And, and if LSU wants to get back to those national championship ways that they experienced last year, they're going to have to get better in the trenches. So I think those two are probably the most important in this class, but there's a lot of pieces they really need. Um, and so, I mean, you could that list could be eight or ten names long if you, if you really went through it. Jimmy Smith of TigerDetails.com here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Jimmy Herb and I were talking about um, the stuff that you alluded to with Coach O and company facing quite a bit of um, a scandal uh, off the field with the Title IX violations within his program, allegedly. Jimmy, do you think that because Coach O won a national championship that he got a little bit of a pass? Absolutely. Um you know, there haven't been many major Title IX issues over the years, but if you go back and look at some of the schools that have experienced them, those coaches, that head coach, the program as a whole, took a lot more heat from the, from the public, from the media. Um, so I, I think he somewhat got a bit of a pass here. I mean, and also people know um, Coach Orgeron's uh, a little rough around the edges. He's not as hands-on as some of these other coaches, so he might not be as personally responsible for some of these things as other guys might be, like your Urban Myers and guys that kind of run everything within a program. So I, I think there's a few things kind of, I hate to say it, working in LSU's favor here. I hate to use that that language when we're talking about issues involving assault on women, but um, you know, they've kind of skirt by some of that so far. I do think there's going to be some fallout to some extent. I don't think they're going to be able to walk away from this uh, without any, any punishments coming down, whether it be uh, people being replaced in administration or, or even the NCAA getting involved and, and want to, uh, you know, install some sanctions of some sort. But uh, I, I think they still have some ways to go in that regard with Title IX as a whole. But uh, yeah, I think that national championship last year has, has certainly helped Ed Orgeron a bit and trying to curb some of that anger um, that, that should be here. I mean, let's be honest. This is a bad situation. People are right to be angry and, and want answers. Um, and, and in time, when all this passes, I'm hoping we get some of those answers. Jimmy, how much do you think LSU coach Ed Orgeron should have known? I mean, there's the idea that Maybe there's a question of he didn't maybe know about a few things. But for me, a guy like Nick Saban in Alabama, he knows everything in that program right down to the letterhead in which they use to send out mail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mean, and it's quite different with Coach Orgeron, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is a guy that, that delegates to his staff and so on. But I will say this, if, if you delegate to the point where things like this are happening and you aren't made aware, then you've gone too far. So if he wasn't aware, then, then that's really, I think on him. I mean, you can't have these type of things happening in your program and, and people not report it to you. And, and so whether he knew or not, we don't know. Um, but I, I certainly think he has to absorb some of the fault here, uh, regardless how he runs his program those things have to be brought to the top. And the top of this football program is Ed Orgeron. Make no mistake about it. And so for any of that to bypass him or never come across his desk would also be troubling. So either way, he has some, some things he needs to improve and work on here, and he's got some tough questions to answer. Um, but I don't think he would know as much as a Nick Saban or one of those types 
um, that really know everything that's going on within their offices. Yeah, I agree with you, Jimmy. It's, it's just a different type of leadership when it comes down to Nick Saban versus uh, Cocho. But moving forward, though, let's you know, let's say how do, how do they how do they move forward this off season, right? Uh, from all of this, while it's still going on, um, and and to be able to create the camaraderie. Uh, to try to be able to get back to what that magical season was last year. How does he, how does Coach O do that? What are the Tigers going to do? Yeah, I think there's, there's a, a bunch of things that need to happen here. Um, being that there's ongoing investigations, not much can be said. And I think that's really handcuffing Ed Orgeron and LSU as a whole here. They can't really publicly plead their case. So they're, basically just sitting ducks waiting for these USA articles to drop or advocate articles to drop um, that chip away at what they've built. Um, I think a big part of moving forward and, and putting the team, putting it behind them is there's really going to need to be some leaders that step up in this program. Uh, we all talk about the talent that was lost at LSU last year. They lost their entire leadership group. And, and we saw it on the field this year. A lot of guys barking at each other. You didn't see a lot of guys getting in these guys' face to motivate them and things of that nature. Um, the players weren't holding each other accountable, uh, which is a big part of, of football. And so I, I think as the program moves forward, um, they're going to have to find a way to address some of this stuff publicly. I know they're going to have some difficult conversations with parents on the recruiting trail. A lot of parents ask questions. Most parents have asked questions. They've done a good job. Um, you know, giving answers uh, those families so far. So they'll have to continue that. This program itself and the kids within it really need to rally together. And I think we're starting to see some of that. The big win at Florida self certainly helped. If they can finish with another winning note today, pick up their spirits a bit. Um, there's definitely signs when talking to players and coaches that the team's kind of coming together a bit here. And there are some leaders emerging. So there's some positive signs in Baton Rouge behind the scenes. Uh, and, and winning today could go a long way and helping heal some of these wounds and leave the season uh, with a good taste in your mouth moving forward. Jimmy, with Max Johnson engineering the win last night, or last week, excuse me, over Florida, if he engineers another win over Ole Miss today, does Miles Brennan have anything to worry about being the starter next year? I would think so, and a lot of it would, would play on exactly how Max plays today. What we saw from Max last week, um, that was the most composed and poised I've seen an LSU quarterback all year. And we've seen all of them at this point. Um, you know, are we going to see the same Max Johnson today? Perhaps. Uh, if we do, I certainly think they enter next spring with, a, they would have to enter next spring with a wide open QB battle. I don't know how you couldn't. So if Max walks out today a winner and he was a big part of that success and played well and protects the ball, um, I certainly think that we're going to have a real QB battle come the spring. So you think that uh, a, a five-year Miles Brennan would could potentially lose a position next year to a, a, a one-year guy in Max? Quite possibly, because while Miles has been there for five years, I mean, he's only played in four games, right? And so mm -hmm. he doesn't have this huge body of work to say, well, he's been so successful, he shouldn't lose his job because of injury. I mean, the team was struggling when he was on the field earlier this year. Yeah, the offense was more productive. The numbers looked great. The team wasn't winning. And, and so 
Um, I don't know if he has that body of work to cement himself as the starter to say, hey, I've been here for a long time. I've proven myself on the field. I think he's yet to really do that. He's showed showed some good things earlier this year. It was promising. Um, LSU fans were starting to rally behind him a bit. Um, but it wasn't like he went out and was all world and that, you know, it looked like another Joe Burrow. There was a noticeable gap there. So I think um, there's still room for improvement in that position group. And, and it's going to be a, it's going to be a battle. I just, I just believe it's to be so. And, and Miles certainly would walk in with all that experience. You would think he would walk in with an advantage of sorts. And I think he might walk in with an advantage regardless of what happens today. But um, those coaches, they know those players, respond to victories and they respond to the people that help lead them to those victories and if the team walks out on a high note rallying behind max johnson a coach can't come in and disrupt that and say oh well we're just giving the job back to to miles brennan i think that's going to have to be earned jimmy smith of tigerdetails.com herb tyler former lsu quarterback i'm christian garrick this is the gulf coast bank and trust tiger tailgating show here on wwl jimmy before i let you run you and herb i want you guys uh, to weigh in on on this prospect in terms of, um, I saw some of the detractors that were trying to take down Coach O and his off the field behavior are leading to some of the off the field problems with LSU. Pointing to last year's national championship when Odell Beckham Jr. and others were in the locker room behaving unbecomingly and handing out money to players. I mean, I think some of those those detractors or those critics are a little off base there. Because Odell Beckham Jr. predates Coach O. I mean, in other words, you know, to expect Coach O to control alumni and how they behave, I think is a little unrealistic. Jimmy, if you can weigh in and then Herb. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. And a, and a guy like Odell Beckham, who's got a very outgoing, flamboyant personality of sorts, um, you know, who looked like he was – sipping from the bottle a little bit that night and wasn't in his right frame of mind. I don't know if anybody could have slowed Odell Beckham down. And, and the things that happened in recruiting Vidal Alexander and, and all those things, I don't think any of that should really fall on Coach O. Now, if you want to talk about some of the off-field distractions, the comments he made on Fox News about Trump that that, that ticked a lot of people off and, and, and the march with his players for social justice and, and the leaked photos of him and his new girlfriend and things of that nature. Yeah, it, some of that has to fall on his feet, and, I, and I'm sure he's learned from that. But um, as a whole, a lot of this stuff really shouldn't fall on Coach Orgeron's uh, shoulders. I just don't think he's fully responsible for a lot of the things we've seen unfold. Well, I think Jimmy is absolutely spot on here. Whatever you do personally, you have to own it and be accountable for it, period. You you can't uh, – there's really no way that you could make another human being do something, you know, that, that you want them to do, right? So such as I'm talking about the quote-unquote Odell situation in the locker room. Odell is a great guy, and Jimmy knows him, and I know you know him too as well, k Dog. But at the end of the day – uh, Odell's going to be Odell. You know what I'm saying? All, everything that he did that night, he was doing not for himself, but just to congratulate the guys and be around them and be a part of it and all of that stuff. So, but some it's, it's how you do certain things. It's never what you say. It's always how you say it, right? Um, so at the end of the day, I think that people who are trying to blame Coach O literally on everything, you can't do that. It's not, it's not literally his fault. But I know he is the head guy, and people try to – uh, well, you you know, you're the one that's in the spotlight and you're the one that takes all the blame, gets all of the credit. 
But at the end of the day, I think that Coach O has done as good of a job as he can possibly do as he knows how to do um, with this LSU program. And I think he's still learning what that is to be an elite program and an elite um, head coach in the, the, the NCAA. Jimmy Smith, TigerTDales.com. Go back to camping, man. By the way, is it camping? Is it glamping or is it camping? Are you in like a RV or are you in tents here, man? Uh, we're in tents, but it is glamping. There's a little heater in it. Didn't last all night, though. Uh, there's a bed, so I'm, I'm not I'm not out here roughing it too hard. But I'll still complain because I didn't have my posturepedic bed and, and and my heater. So Jimmy's also playing hurt today. He's got a bad man. got a bad toothache. I appreciate you playing hurt, Jimmy. Thanks, man. All right, guys. Y'all take care. All right. We will continue here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. We want to hear from you on our hoodatlending.com talking text lines at 504-260-1870. LSU trying to get to 500. Is that acceptable considering COVID-19 in the year that that is? 504-260-1870. This is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. LSU trying to get to 500 against Ole Miss. Is that acceptable considering a COVID-19 pandemic? You tell me for an LSU program that's coming off our national championship season. And Herb, if I'm answering that question, I would say, no, it's not acceptable, but I'm willing to take into consideration the amount of players LSU lost to the pros last year, 14 in particular, 19 graduates, or 19 in all when you consider the graduates, plus um, some transfers, some opt-outs this year, not transfers, some opt-outs this year because of the pandemic. I'm just willing to go, all right, this season's a wash. And I think that a lot of college football programs across the country are doing similar things. I mean, look at Michigan. Jim Harbaugh is sticking around there when I think ordinarily had this not been a COVID-19 season, he probably would be let go along with some other coaches that have been given a pass because of the COVID-19 circumstance. And I know that that's easy to say, and I'm probably it's blasphemic to a degree when you consider, well, Alabama doesn't have a, ba- a down year during the pandemic, and neither does Clemson, et cetera. Well, keep in mind, Clemson lost Trevor Lawrence for three or four games and still maintained their position in the top four. But I just think that considering what LSU dealt with, Alabama didn't have 14 players lost to the pros. They didn't have four players opt out early for the NFL draft in 2021. I think that if those – things are considered, it's easier to swallow this season at sub-500 or at 500 for LSU. you agree? Well, you know, is it acceptable? No, it's never acceptable, right? Not with the the rich tradition that LSU has. Now, with the 2020 Ravage season, um, let's look at it, take it all into consideration. Now, one, yeah, and and I and get get you gotta you gotta be careful when you say, well, Nick Saban or Alabama has you, can, you can't compare that. It's different. Nick Saban has been recruiting the way he's been recruiting for the last twelve years, right? Um, for however long he's been at Alabama, so he's got guys in the pipeline. Even though he loses eight, ten guys a season, he's still got another fifteen that's ready to roll because they've been in the system for two years or three years or whatever. We just haven't had that luxury yet, so we're not there. Now, Clemson is the same way, quote-unquote. They have guys that's been in the system for quite some time, and Dabo is establishing himself as, as, a, as a Nick Saban-ish type of coach. So that, that's where we are. Now, with all of the different distractions, <laughs> the different injuries, uh, um, you know, your you opt-outs, your you lo- losing of, of, of players from 
clean season, new coaching schemes, no off season literally whatsoever. You know, even though everybody else had no off season, but we didn't, but we lost so much and we did this. So you got to take a little bit of that consideration. So if they go five and five, I'm good with that. I think that with everything that's happened, uh, you know, you're losing your starting quarterback in the middle of the season or the second, third game of the season. You're going with two true freshmen who really don't have any any real true leadership to lean on. Um, I mean, it's difficult. It's really difficult. But I, I'd say this. You have to commend the players for not quitting um, the guys that are out there and, and continue to move forward and to play as hard as they possibly can and to play with enthusiasm and to play with pride and, and, and not to just, you know, pack it in, which they could have done last week because no one gave them a chance. So, and I think we'll see that same LSU team this week that we saw last week against Florida. Now, be it at 2.30, which is difficult. We don't play really great during those day games, but I think we'll be able to show, you know, the nation that we're going to try to finish this season off strong and be at least a 500 team as the defending national champions. And uh, and then we'll look forward to trying to pick up the pieces, put it all back together during the offseason this year. Not to mention, you know, something that you brought up um, that can't be understated, I think losing Joe Brady was bigger than maybe people imagined, along with Dave Aranda, although David Aranda's uh, time in Baton Rouge seemed to have come and gone. Um, but I just think that, you know, the continuity – you, one of the biggest things I can compare LSU to with Alabama is Alabama didn't have the turnover across the board. Clemson didn't have the turnover across the board. No team in, in the SEC had as much turnover as LSU did right. from top to bottom. Right. So, uh, And, again, right. it sounds like I'm making excuses. I'm just pointing out the reality. This is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. Herb and Christian back here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Hootatlinny.com. Talking text lines are open at 504-260-1870. LSU taking on Ole Miss this afternoon right here at 2.30 on the home of the Tigers, WWL. Chris Blair has the call for you starting at 2.30. In the meantime, hang out with me and Herb till 12.30. Jeff Palermo coming up next hour, breaking down LSU and Ole Miss, a chance for the Tigers to get to 500 and this is not a Valdosta State. This is not uh, name your other program where the standard is 500 for the LSU Tigers. But considering what's happening, you tell us if it's if you're not happy, if you're not if you're not okay with it, feel free to call us and tell us why you're not okay with it for the LSU Tigers to finish at 500. Hudat Lending talk and text lines are open. Hudatlending dot com talk and text lines are open at 504-260-1870. Herbert Christian, one hour to go, an hour and a half. Remaining, this is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my word. 
and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.